So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call our department? That might be a good idea. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special edition of the Barbecue Central Show. Uh, We are located in Cleveland, Ohio. We typically air live Tuesday nights from 9 to 11, but we figured why not change it up a little bit. Uh, You're finding yourself watching this either live on Outdoor Cooking Channel right now. It is Thursday, just past noon. Uh, You can also catch this in the podcast archive through iTunes, also on OutdoorCookingChannel.com as well. And I figured, hey, look up. Great guest coming on. You know, the debate rages on with the uh, community of outdoor live fire cooking with what fuel is better, briquette, charcoal, lump charcoal. Uh, We've heard from briquette makers here on the show in the past a few times, but we really haven't gotten the side of the story from the lump makers. Uh, Oh, by the way, uh, this guy does happen to be a very uh, loyal and I appreciate show sponsor. Let's race over to the hotline and welcome in owner of Kebro Charcoal, Sebastian Bussert, joining us here on the show. Sebastian, how are you, buddy? Good, thanks, Greg. I appreciate you uh, making time out. I know we're actually catching you like right in the middle of business day, so uh, you know uh, we can carve out a little time here and talk about the business. You know, before we get into Kebroke Charcoal and you know all the the inner workings and details of the product itself, uh, if you could, for the people that don't know you and, and what you're all about, a little background, uh, maybe personally and then uh, professionally as well. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, it's a little bit of an odd story. Um, can you hear me well, Greg? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, basically, I, I used to live in London, in, in the UK, actually, and that's where I met my wife. And, uh, you know, no background whatsoever, anything to do with uh, charcoal or wood. Actually, I was uh, working for Cadbury uh, Schweppes, you know, the chocolate maker in the UK. And... Uh, but then a couple of years ago, my wife was pregnant, and she's originally from El Salvador in Central America. And um, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, like naturally, she has very strong ties to her parents and to her family. So, so she she wanted to go back to El Salvador, you know, uh, with a child and, and you know, be around her family. And um, you know, I thought it was a good idea because I was always interested in, in setting up my own business and, um, you know, doing something new, doing, you know, something adventurous. And, you know, that's how we, how we got to El Salvador uh, about five years ago. And um, when we were there, I, I had a bunch of talks with her dad and, and, and her, her family, basically. And, and at that time, they were in, in wood manufacturing, you know, for furniture, beds, uh, sofas and that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, one thing led to another. One day the opportunity came along with charcoal, and basically I just jumped on it. You know, I, I found it super interesting. You know, um, you know we, basically over there we did barbecues pretty much every other day. You know, I loved the flavor. I loved, um, you, know, the, the, you know, the food that we were cooking. And, you know, I, I, I saw the big opportunity to take this charcoal from El Salvador to the U.S., to U.S. customers, basically. And, you know, five years later... I'm sitting in front of you. You know, you bring up kind of a, a unique 
point, and you probably have a, quite a, a different experience than most of the people. I mean, look, uh, the, the wide majority of my listening audience is here from the States, uh, born and raised here. There are some international ties, uh, depending on you know how people are consuming the show. But you know, if, if you had spent all of this time over in El Salvador, you know, what is the grilling or the barbecue climate like over there? How does it compare to what's here in the States? And then perhaps even more importantly, what kind of fuel source is over there? Is it just briquettes? Is it just a lump? Is it something comparable that we have over here? What kind of a, of a scene is it over there as a whole? No, I mean, I don't know the, the in-depth detail, let's say. But, you know, basically, um, you need to think about it as it's it's a development, it's a developing country, basically, right? And so a lot of people are still cooking on a daily basis with charcoal. You know, any meal, basically. You know, even even uh, such, such things as boiling water or anything. You know, everything is kind of cooked with charcoal. Um, but, you know, that said... Um, you know, the, the majority of times that I was there, you know, it was used more kind of, you know, in a kind of grilling, smoking, kind of indirect grilling kind of way, you know, uh, you know, grilling kind of big, big animals, you know, like uh, pigs or, or, you know, parts of a cow or, or you know, or, or, you know, goats and things like that, you know, kind of indirectly smoking it, uh, you know, on a, what's it called, on a spit or, you know, over a grill, basically. Sebastian Busser joining us here on the show. Uh, Kebroke.com is the website if you want to check it out. K-E-B-R-O-A-K, Kebroke Charcoal. All right, so, you know, if we kind of speed up from there, when do you leave El Salvador? When do you make it back over here in the States? And and did charcoal, I guess, part and parcel bring you back over here? Yeah, I mean, so initially we just started off manufacturing the charcoal and... um, you know, selling it to U.S. Uh, importers. But then, um, you know, we figured, you know, why not set up a business in the U.S. and uh, sell directly to the customers, sell directly to the restaurants. And so uh, about four years ago, you know, we came here to, to Miami and, you know, we started selling directly to, you know, started off selling to the restaurants basically and, and you know, starting to speak to barbecue competition teams um, in Florida, and and you know, basically we we grew from there. You know, uh, we were lucky enough that it is a very good product. You know, a very high quality product. You know, uh, you know at a great price. And and so you you know, as people started using it, as the restaurants started using it, as the competition teams started uh, using it in their competitions and started that it was uh, seeing that it was good. You know, it just it was uh, you know kind of a mouth to mouth. Uh, propaganda kind of that you know uh, started growing the product started growing the brand you know uh, you know up to up to today basically Sebastian Busser joining us here on the show so you get in with the restaurants uh, you start having teams use it how do you go about getting charcoal out to end users I mean obviously you know restaurants you know that's a business type deal when people think about charcoal at least the majority of people, especially in the peripheral, they think end user, a guy in his house, the backyard warrior, uh, the competition guys, like you're saying. How do you go about taking down that monster? Because the, the one thing that I've always heard from other charcoals other than Kingsford, because they have Clorox behind them, multi-billion dollar conglomerate of all these other companies, uh, the biggest issue that I've heard from charcoal people is 
you know, it's hard to find distribution. It's hard to get pulled through a store, this or that. So how do you tackle that monster to try and get out to the end user? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very similar story for us. You know, we've been working on getting distribution in retailers, in um, grocery chains. And, you know, it's going to happen. It's just a question of time and, uh, you know, kind of persistence. But uh, recently, a couple of months ago, we started getting, uh, uh, you know, having the opportunity to sell on Amazon.com. And, you know, Amazon is a, uh, a nationwide kind of retailer that delivers directly to, uh, you know, our customer's door. And so, you know, that was a great opportunity. And, you know, initially I thought that uh, kind of mail order charcoal, you know, wouldn't really catch on, you know, uh, buying through Amazon. You know, who's going to buy charcoal on Amazon.com? But because, you know, what I was talking about earlier, because since we have made a bit of a reputation for ourselves, you know, people know it's a good quality product. People know they can't really get it. Uh, you know, it has really taken off for us, you know, the distribution channel through Amazon, you know, that people can find us on Amazon.com and buy us, uh, you know, on Amazon.com. How big of a boost has it given you? I mean, you mentioned who would think to buy charcoal as, as mail order charcoal, as you said it. But, you know, when you go and actually peruse how people are consuming things, uh, podcasts, you know, at their convenience, uh, TV at their convenience, a lot of people do shopping online. So how did, I guess, a Amazon come about? How did that relationship start and, and who solicited who? And are you surprised at the reaction that you've been getting from Amazon? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, Amazon invited us to join their uh, garden and outdoor department, basically, um, because they, I guess their buyers are always looking out for a great product to add to Amazon.com. So, you know, they went through, uh, you know, their garden and barbecue uh, buyer, um, you know, went to websites like thenakedwaste.com and, uh, you know, other, other kind of barbecue websites, you know, barbecuecentral.com and things like that. <clears throat> and, you know, they saw that there was um, interest in Kibrok charcoal and, you know, there were reviews about it. There were people talking about it. And, uh, you know, like, for example, on our Facebook page, you know, uh, I often get questions, you know, where can I buy this? So, you know, the buyer, I assume, you know, uh, I haven't asked in so much detail, but I, I assume the buyer saw all that and saw people want to buy it, but can't find it or can't buy it so easily. And so he invited us to come in and, and you know, to open that kind of sales channel for us. And, you know, it has really helped us, I think, um, because now, now if someone asks me in North Carolina or, uh, you know, in Ohio, where can I buy your charcoal, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I direct, point them directly to Amazon.com, and, and, you know, usually they end up buying. Sebastian Buster joining us here on the show. The website, kebroke.com, K-E-B-R-O-A-K.com. Uh, visit there, learn about the product, and then obviously you can link over to Amazon from there to buy it. Even maybe for the most peripheral griller, what is lump charcoal? How is that made, and I guess how does it differ from what most people think charcoal is? I mean, the perception here in the U.S. is that charcoal is king's fault. I mean, you know, over the over 50, 60 years, they have uh, kind of earned that status, earned that kind of branding. You know, when you talk about charcoal, you're talking about king's fault briquettes. And, um, you know, to be honest, that is something that is very hard to break and, you know, that we're competing against daily, you know, kind of educating people that charcoal, you know, the, the actual word or the, the generic term charcoal really is not Kingsford, Kingsford briquettes. You know, charcoal is basically 
where charcoal comes from, charcoal is like a, a piece of wood that has been charred, you know, like slowly burned in fire, so that all the impurities of the wood, you know, the water, the, the kind of the, the biofiber and all this stuff, this ha has been burned out. So what you're left with is charcoal, you know, from a, like you go from a piece of wood, a piece of hardwood, oak or, or something, you know, you, you slowly char it uh, under the, under controlling the, the entry of oxygen in the burning, and what you get, what you're left with is, is like pure charcoal. So, so, you know, our Kibrook charcoal is that basically. It's nothing, nothing but wood slowly burned into charcoal. You know, no other additives, no chemicals, no, you know, you know, sometimes I say, uh, you know, King's Briquettes is like the hamburger of the charcoal industry, you know, because it, it's, it's kind of a design product, you know, it burns. Uh, you know, it burns white, it makes a certain smell, you know, burns at a certain temperature, a certain duration, because they want it to be that way. You know, they, they engineered that, that little briquette to do exactly the things that they wanted to do. And, you know, and I mean, that's another difference you have with lamb charcoal. You know, so lamb charcoal is irregular, you know, it doesn't come in little kind of ball or pillow sizes. You know, it doesn't, you know, sometimes you get a very big size, sometimes you get a smaller size. You know, even, you know, when you buy our bags, you know, here I have some behind me, you know, this bag, I'll assure you, this bag is different from this bag. You know, like we always try to keep the quality as high as possible, you know, to make sure that, uh, you know, the, the sizing of the charcoal is big pieces, you know, in every single bag. But since it's a natural product and, you know, by nature of lump, uh, you know, hardwood lump charcoal, every bag is different, you know, um, and in, in that way, it will also perform a bit different. You know, you have to be more on your toes when you use it in your grill, when you use it in your smoker. You, you know, you need, to, you need to watch it a bit more than, than briquettes. But on the, on the advantage side, you get some, you know, some great advantages out of it. Like the flavor, you know, you can't beat this flavor. Like it's, it's way better than what Kingsford can ever produce for you. You know, you, know, you know, I would lean out of the window and say, you know, it's way healthier. You know, I don't have any studies you know, uh, but I, I, I would put my hand into the fire. This is way healthier, uh, you know, tastier. And, and, you know, for the professional barbecue, which is why we have been so successful with restaurants, with competition barbecue teams, this is much easier to control. You know, you can, you can get this charcoal down to 200 degrees Fahrenheit and burn it for 40, 50 hours. You know, I have clients. I had a client actually come in the other day. Uh, her business is uh, kind of like a barbecue check in front of a mall. And, you know, she kind of, uh, she does barbecue from Wednesday to Sunday. And on Sunday, she left the smokers, you know, uh, she closed the smokers, uh, closed them up for, you know, for the next couple of days. And when she came in on Wednesday and to reopen the business, there was still charcoal glowing in her smokers. Wow. Like, it was glowing for four, you know, for three, four days. You know, sure, you know, after, after three days, it wasn't hot anymore, you know, to cook with it. But, you know, it still shows you, like, this stuff just lasts forever, basically, you know, and, and, and you can use it in that way. Well, and, I think, you know, I, I think that does, no, that's okay. I think it breaks a myth, and it's important to point out is, you know, the briquette typically gets the nod as uniform size, uniform burn time, longer burn time than uh, traditional lump charcoals. So this really kind of spins that old wives' tale right out of the box where you can get any number of hours out of lump charcoal now when it was widely considered to be the only way to do that would be a briquette. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, the other side of the, the, the spectrum, what I wanted to talk about was, you know, searing. You know, at the same time, you can get this charcoal 
to temperature of, you know, a thousand plus Fahrenheit, like some of our clients are looking for that, you know, especially restaurants. You know, you know, you know how, how restaurants are nowadays, you know, so competitive. People are walking in the door, sitting down, ordering something. You don't want to wait, you know. In five minutes, you want your steak, you know, or, you know, whatever you're ordering, you want it on your plate. So, you know, the pressure is on the restaurants to have their grill fired up, you know, uh, scalding hot, you know, so they can sear the meat quickly and cook it quickly, uh, you know, pretty much as soon as the order comes in, five, ten minutes later, it needs to be on the client's plate. And, you know, the restaurants are always asking me, you know, this charcoal needs to be hot, hot. I need it to burn hot, you know, and quick. You know, I don't want a charcoal that takes a long time to light. I don't want a charcoal that sparks. I don't want, you know, I need it to, to be extremely hot and very quick. But last a, a long time, you know, you know, a cost, from a cost perspective for the restaurant, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard, it's hard to tick all the boxes. Yeah, I mean, the customer seems to want everything out of the, uh, out of the charcoal. I mean, usually, or at least it's been my experience, if you're going with one style over the next, there's going to be some, some give and takes or some trade-offs that you are openly knowing that you're making. Um, when you have a fuel that is able to get up to those searing temperatures, and then you also have a fuel that's able to last longer in the, the low and slow or the traditional barbecue styles. And the most important part to me is, you know, when I decide to go and use the, the briquettes in my Weber Smoky Mountain to go overnight, it's because of, you know, the consistency and the reliability that I know. But the thing that I hate about using briquettes is the amount of ash that they produce oh, yeah. as they're starting to burn. Uh, with the lump charcoal, it's, as you know, we're just talking about spectrums, that's a complete opposite side of spectrum. Lump charcoal is very efficient, and it burns with considerably less ash. And now we have a, a product like Kebrook that you can use in Weber Smoky Mountains and do overnight cooks and not have to worry about, is the ash suffocating my fire, or am I going to have to knock off you know, what has kind of burned? Because those things keep their shape, even though they might not even be lit anymore. No, definitely, and I mean, that is that is the reason, uh, you know, that's kind of, how do you say, you know, that's the reason or, or that's the consequence of how it's made, basically, you know. Because Kingsford has all these fillers, has all these extra things that you really don't need, there is so much ash. And because of, uh, you know, when you take a piece of oak and you make it into charcoal, you basically burn out all the impurities, you're basically taking out all that, uh, you know, all the... Uh, all that ash basically before and because you're only left with the pure charcoal you know there's very little ash in the end Definitely. and you know uh, a good point you know that people always forget is you can it's very easy after you finish your grilling your barbecue you're smoking whatever you know you're cooking you can with water you can uh, uh, take your fire out or you know just suffocate it or you know whatever you know it's quicker with water just pour some water on your glowing coals and you take them, you know, you, you take the fire out and you just reuse it the next time. You know, while it's in the grill over a couple of days, it will dry and you reuse your charcoal the next time. Try doing that with your briquettes. They'll fall apart. You know, it, it, it just won't work. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I've done that a number of times when I use my, uh, well, I don't have a big green egg per se, but I have something that looks like it. It's called a Bubba keg. And when I'm done okay. using the Kebroke charcoal, I close the bottom damper. I close the top damper. It suffocates out and there's typically quite a, a bit left for me to do another high heat grilling uh, session or two, depending on what I'm going to cook. Uh, we're talking with Sebastian Bussard from Kebroke Charcoal, K-E-B-R-O-A-K.com is the website if you want to check it out. Uh, widely available on Amazon.com. What sizes are you selling on Amazon and you know, roughly what are the, the price points? 
Well, we have a five pound, 10 pound, 20 pound and 40 pound bag on Amazon.com. The most economical um, is the 40 pound bag. And the, the retail price is $49.99, but you can often find Amazon. Uh, I, to be honest, you know, I don't know why, but they change the price almost on a daily basis. Uh, actually, yesterday, two days ago, uh, for the last two days, uh, they, it was on sale at $29, and uh, people just picked it up like hot potatoes. And just this morning, it went to $42, and I had some people call me complaining about it. But, you know, I said, you know, I don't make Amazon's prices, you know. You know, you know they make their own prices. I don't know how it works. You know, what's the system? But you know, just if you if you if you find it too expensive, just wait a couple of days, wait a week or so. Sure, the price it, it tends to come down to thirty-five dollars every now and then. You know, if you want to look for a deal. When you, so, just just for my own curiosity. Are, is is Amazon buying X amount of bags from you, or is it like a drop and ship deal, or you know how are you? Uh, I'm not asking how much you're getting paid, but how are you getting paid uh, from Amazon? Yeah, no, I mean basically Amazon is my client. I don't see who buys the charcoal from them, or you know, I mean, I don't really see the quantities or where it ships to either. You know, they kind of they just send me purchase orders for truckloads of charcoal. That's why they get it. You know, at a very cheap price, basically, uh, they buy it by the truckload. Uh, you, you know, they come and pick it up and, and take it, uh, you know, to whatever distribution center they, they see fit, basically. And I guess that's where the changes of price comes along, you know, I guess. You know, if there's a distribution center close to you, they, they, are, able, they are able to ship it to you at a cheaper cost than, you know, let's say, if you have a distribution center in Seattle and you need to send it to New York, you know, it's going to be really expensive. But if it's in Pittsburgh... And it goes to New York. It's going to be pretty cheap. We talked. We we talked a little bit about this. You know, the mail order charcoal and stuff. You know, the only concern that I could see that people might have in regards to charcoal is shipping. Are they going to be throwing it around? Is it going to come to me in a bag, a forty pound bag of dust instead of you know the the different shapes and sizes that people normally associate with lump charcoal? Uh, with your relationship with Amazon.com, how have you found that to be? Have you been getting any complaints about that at all, or has it been pretty much uh, a sweet deal? Yeah, there have been a few complaints, um, but, you know, per- percentage-wise, it's very little. It's probably below 1%, wow. uh, you know, complaints. Uh, basically, I think Amazon started off shipping the bags because of its size. You know, they're, they're pretty big. Uh, they started shipping them without boxes, and, you know, start, people started complaining about it. But, uh, you know, I had a chat with my buyer in Amazon, and they started packing it in, in boxes now. And then, as far as I know, I haven't... I haven't actually heard anything in the last month or two. I think it's shipping now much better and, you know, much, much safer. Yeah, and, you know, breakage is kept to a minimum, basically. All right. So uh, we'll finish up here in just a couple minutes. How do you suggest people use it? How do they light it? And what are some of your favorite things to cook with uh, Kebroke charcoal? Because I would imagine you, have a, you, get a, you, get, you get a pretty good deal on this Kebroke charcoal yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I use a chimney starter. I love, I love the chimney starter. You know, it's so easy just to put the charcoal in the chimney starter, put some paper towel or, or newspaper. Uh, you know, I like to uh, put a bit of um, vegetable oil on, on, on some kitchen paper towel. And, you know, it, it's so easy. You just put it on, you light it up, and, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, uh, the charcoal is ready. Uh, you know, you pour it into your grill and, and you know, you, you're good. You're ready to, you, you, you know, you you're ready to cook, basically. And, 
you know, in the, in, the, in the meantime, in the 20 minutes in between, I always find time, you know, to prepare the table, prepare the food. You know, it's, it's the perfect time, you know, to get everything else ready. What do you and, like uh, to, what are some of your favorite uh, recipes or some of your favorite meats to, to cook? I mean, living here in Miami, you know, for the last couple of years, I've come to, you know, really enjoy the kind of, you know, the local Hispanic kind of cuisine, you know, like Brazilian uh, barbecue, Argentinian barbecue, you know, uh, Venezuela, how do you say it, uh, from Venezuela, the barbecue, yep. Colombian barbecue, you know, like all, all those different facets, you know, get mixed here together. And, you know, I really like that. So there's a, there's a cut of meat that's called vacío in Spanish. Uh, I think it's like a, a flat meat. Um, you know, I, li- I like that. You know, it's a, it has a good amount of, of fat in between the, the, the meat, uh, you know, that gives you a really nice uh, uh, marbling and, and taste. You know, it's, it's a little bit uh, harder to bite, but, you know, like I, I just prefer the taste. You know, I, I don't need to eat like a filet or something like that. You know, I, I prefer to chew a bit more, and, uh, but get a good taste out of it. Let me ask you one quick question here before I let you go, Sebastian. And again, I appreciate you joining me here in the middle of the day. You had mentioned a couple minutes ago about how the charcoal people, well, the restaurant buyers say, I don't want something that sparks a lot. You know, for anybody that knows about lump charcoal that has used lump charcoal, some of it is like you're setting off 4th of July fireworks when it's going. Some of it is not so much. Kebroke, and I've, you know, used a bunch of this stuff over the past, you know, month and a half, um, you know, mostly over the weekends, but sometimes during the week uh, for some high heat grilling sessions. And I use a, a, a weed burner or a weed torch. To light this thing, okay. I skipped the charcoal chimney altogether, and I put you know five hundred thousand BTUs of jet fuel down this thing, and you know rarely does it spark. So my question is this: Why does one brand of lump charcoal spark tremendous amount, and why does another brand not spark so much? Yeah, I mean, there's various reasons. Usually, uh, uh, sometimes it's in the process of the charcoal making. You know, if the uh, the water, the moisture hasn't really been burned out of the charcoal. You end up with a kind of inferior charcoal, and, you know, that can lead to kind of sparking, you know, kind of basically imagine that the water, you know, as you heat up the charcoal, the water expands very quickly and kind of, you know, sparks and kind of explodes. The wood starts kind of exploding. You know, that could be a reason, but often, you know, what, what it is, often charcoal that sparks uh, is very specific charcoal. It's uh, often Mexican and mesquite charcoal. Or charcoal from South America, uh, you know, from like Argentina or, or Paraguay, um, and you know the reason for that is is the is the wood they use. Basically, most mesquite charcoal sparks. You know, that's just in the nature, of, uh, you know, of that of that wood of that charcoal. You know, of, of that tree, basically. And the similar similarly in South America, you can uh, usually it's the failure of the buyer of the importer of the charcoal here in the U.S. You know that has kind of literally bought the wrong charcoal, you know, or specified to the to the producer down there, you know, the the wrong the wrong charcoal, you know, wanted maybe wanted to save a couple of cents uh, on a bag or something like that. And and, and so the, the producers uh, of the charcoal in South America, they burned kind of a wood that sparks instead of uh, using the better wood that wouldn't spark, you know. And and so, you know, basically uh, you know, as, as as I said, you know, since we sell a lot to restaurants uh, and, and, and I mean to anyone really, you know, I don't want any sparking charcoal in my house, you know, with my kids, uh, you know, I get, I would get burned, you know, grilling, you know, I don't want any of that. And, uh, and so that's something we, we always monitor, you know, always kind of quality control 
that you know we limit the sparking as much as we possibly can. You know, as as I said, you know, since uh, you know about the distribution of pieces in each bag, the same with the sparking. Since it's an it's 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 a natural product, and you know, once it's charred wood, once it's charcoal, you can't really tell what wood it was beforehand. Right. You know, it's really hard. It's really hard to to do the quality control. You kind of have to do it from the beginning. But you know, that said, every now and then, you know. Maybe there is, there will be a bag, you know, someone might buy a bag of Kibrook charcoal that's sparking, but, you know, we hope to limit it, you know, as much as we can and to kind of, to, for, for it to never happen. But, but, you know, it just might. So obviously charcoal is the main uh, pony here as far as what you guys are selling and, and making money off of. Are there any other products that you're working on that you might be looking to, to bring to market, you know, in six months or a year or just even, you know, like a long-term plan? Yeah. Um, about a year ago, we launched uh, another charcoal brand that's aimed a bit more kind of at uh, upscale restaurants. You know, like I was telling you, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure from the restaurants to buy as cheap as possible. You know, a charcoal that lasts forever, that hopefully never turns off, and you know, burns as hot as possible. But at the same time, there's some restaurants that prefer to buy a charcoal that's you know above above the rest. And you know, we found that. By, by, um, by sizing, you know, by changing the sizing of the charcoal, you know, we can we can basically uh, differentiate the charcoal in, in you know kind of kind of a Mercedes kind of charcoal or Cadillac kind of charcoal right. and a Ford kind of charcoal, you know, and and so basically about a year ago we started bringing out this new charcoal brand uh, that's called Fogo, kind of you know premium all natural charcoal. Um, you know, it's also, you know, in the retail bag, it's kind of green, kind of, you know, aimed at kind of whole foods, you know, very kind of green, uh, kind of customer. Um, and in the, in the restaurant, uh, bag, basically the sizes, the size of each piece of charcoal is basically kind of like your fist, you know, wow. uh, I think I had some here over here, you know, like you see kind of, that's kind of like a smaller size. Wow. That's like a bigger size, you know, like fist size, all the pieces in in the back are basically these this size you know like there's nothing smaller like it's it gets produced and and selected kind of by hand uh, in El Salvador you know so that in every bag there's only this size uh, you know p- piece of charcoal you know that's the difference basically but otherwise it pretty much works in the very same way you know burns the same amount of time burns just as hot but you know it's a different size and some people some people like that you know some people like to buy a bigger car some people like to buy a smaller car you know that's the difference, basically. There you go. Uh, Sebastian Bussard is the owner of Kebroke Charcoal. You can find it at kebroke.com. That's K-E-B-R-O-A-K.com. And then, of course, being widely sold through Amazon.com as well. Uh, Sebastian, appreciate the time today and really explaining what Lump is, uh, how that's differentiating from you know some of the other products that are out there. A continued success, and I certainly appreciate the sponsorship of the show as well. Thank you. You got it. There Thanks. he is, Thanks. Sebastian Bussard. From a Kebroke charcoal. Uh, I suggest you go ahead and uh, pick some up. Why not? What's the one thing everybody's always... How can I help the show? Support the sponsors. He's spending his money here. Spend your money there. And I use it at least four times a week. I love it. Um, The thing that turned me off originally about Lump Charcoal years ago was the item that we just brought up here before the close, which was sparking. I'm not a big fan of sparks especially a lot of sparks and my eyes. 
and I don't feel like I have to use eye protection when I'm lighting Kebroke charcoal. So I suggest check it out again. The website, kebroke.com, listed right here, K-E-B-R-O-A-K.com. Check it out, widely sold through Amazon.com. And the shipping is traditionally free on Amazon.com as well. Uh, all right, hopefully you enjoyed the breakthrough episode. It is now 1238 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Outdoor Cooking Channel will go to its original scheduled programming. Uh, you will get uh, also Barbecue Central replays on barbecuecentral.com as well, or barbecuecentralshow.com. Uh, we'll be back with a live show this coming Tuesday. And until then, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.